This is a podcast from ABC Radio Overnights. I'm Rod Quinn. On ABC Radio, you're with Rod Quinn. It is time for our weekly look at the world of health and fitness with Professor Gordon Lynch at the University of Melbourne. Gordon, good morning. Good morning, Rod. Well, good morning. And this morning, we're going to talk about something that people are probably about to do. And maybe some of them feel a little guilty about it. Well, they need not feel guilty about it, maybe as much as they would. We are talking about having a cup of coffee or two, and it is something that they can now do guilt-free, Gordon. Yes, so uh, I know that you don't drink coffee. I do not. um, Never had coffee in my life. Maybe I might change your mind with these. I don't think so. uh, I I just cannot understand the attraction of it. But, you know, all that being said, that's fine. I know a lot of people around the world love it. Yeah, well, uh, these um, are three studies that uh, were presented uh, at the American College of Cardiology's scientific, the annual scientific meeting was held in uh, Washington, D.C. And there were three studies. And the, the, the senior researcher, the, the uh, head of the sort of study was an Australian researcher from the Baker Institute and Alfred Hospital. And it was based on data from the UK Biobank, which is a very large-scale database with has all this different health information for you know, maybe 500,000 people or more. And they've been followed for a 10-year period. So it's this wealth of information that people can gain from these large databases. Bases. And the, the sort of take-home message um, from, from the three studies, which we'll, we, we can dissect, but basically drinking coffee, particularly two to three cups a day, may be associated with a lower risk of heart disease and dangerous heart rhythms and may be associated with living longer. And I thought, hmm, if we ever needed <laughs> an extra bit of information to, to, to boost our spirits, there it is. And I know you don't drink coffee, but there's so many people do. And I thought this information should be shared um, just because uh, there are so many coffee drinkers out there wondering whether it's actually healthy for them. And these, the, this new information is saying, um, yes, it is. Okay. So we're talking about heart health here which is something that's very much on people's minds uh, in the wake of the deaths of some prominent Australians. What is it about coffee and heart health? Yeah, so the the first of the studies that were presented, um, this was based on over 380,000 people uh, from this this, um, biobank without known uh, cardiovascular disease. And they looked at whether coffee drinking played a role in the development of cardiovascular disease or stroke in the 10 years that they followed them up. The, the patients had an average age of around about 57. Half of them were women, a good split there, a good, a good uh, number to, of people to work with. And what they found was having two to three cups of coffee a day was associated with the greatest benefit, basically a 10 to 15% lower risk of developing coronary heart disease and heart failure, arrhythmias or, or dying for any reason. And I think you know, that, that's a pretty substantial decrease, 10 to 15% lower risk of, of, of that. And they, they actually found from this first study a, what they called a U-shaped relationship with coffee intake and in this case it was arrhythmias. But the maximum benefit was having two to three cups of coffee a day, um, less benefit for, for arrhythmias among those drinking more or less coffee. So in this case, a uh, you know, very large number of people having that 10 to 15% lower risk based upon a two to three 
uh, cups of coffee per day. A pretty interesting finding for for this aspect about heart health. Okay. But what about when it comes to living longer? This is the thing. Is drinking more coffee going to allow you to live longer? Well, and that was the, the basis of, of their second study. It was a smaller, a smaller sort of sub-study, uh, around about 34,000 people from this database who had some form of uh, heart disease at the start of the study. And what they showed was uh, coffee intake, two to three cups a day again, was associated with the lower odds of dying compared with those that didn't drink coffee. Consuming any amount of coffee was not associated with a higher risk of, say, having arrhythmias. Now, that sort of says that people think, well, we've, we've got some sort of condition, we shouldn't be drinking coffee. And maybe that's been the advice. But this is a, a, a clinician-led study, and this is, a, you know, the head of the, the study is a clinician. And his, his, his uh, report, based upon this second thing about living longer, basically he said that clinicians have, have some sort of apprehension about people who have cardiovascular disease about whether they should continue to drink coffee. So on the, they err on the side of caution, basically saying, well, better stop drinking coffee because it may trigger arrhythmias. But the study has shown that regular coffee intake was safe and it could be part of a healthy diet for people even with those with, with heart disease. So it's interesting that this, this was the major finding from, from this clinical study. But again, I think you know, if, you, if you feel that, you, that it makes you uncomfortable or whatever or, your, or your, your doctor or specialist says that you shouldn't, I would still be thinking, let's just follow the advice of your own, you know, your own doctor and your, and your specialist because each person is different. But um, for the basis of this study, it was shown that the two to three cups, that sweet spot, shall we say, um, it was, was beneficial for, for longer life. Okay, Gordon Lynch is talking coffee this morning. But as everyone is different, so is coffee. You know, mm. coffee is not coffee, is it? Because otherwise people would just make instant coffee at home, uh, whether it be, you know, International Roast or one of those ones, Macona. There's a million of different brands. You just put them in the bottom of the cup with your spoonful of coffee. You fill it up with hot water, scalding hot water in some cases. You put in your sugar and your milk. That's something else we need to talk about. That's coffee. However, that's not what people want, is it? Because you see huge lines at coffee shops or, you know, little holes in the wall where some barista is making their coffee. It takes ages for it to do it. They keep banging around, making a lot of noise. And people absolutely swear by that coffee. And it could be, you know, decaffeinated as well as the the traditional caffeinated coffee. So what coffee are we talking about when we're talking about coffee? Yeah, and they actually tackled this question directly. So the third, the third study that they presented looked at whether there were any differences in this relationship between coffee and, and cardiovascular disease, depending on whether you drank instant coffee or whether you had ground coffee or whether you had caffeinated or, or decaf. And again, they found this two to three cups a day associated with the lowest risk of arrhythmias, uh, lowest risk of blockages in the heart or stroke or heart failure, and it was regardless of whether they had ground or instant coffee. They found lower rates of death across all coffee types. Um, decaf coffee didn't have um, favourable effects against arrhythmias, and, but it did reduce cardiovascular disease with the exception of heart failure. So the message from the head of the study was that the findings basically suggested that caffeinated coffee was preferable across the board. 
But you know, there were no cardiovascular benefits to choosing decaf over caffeinated coffees. The other thing I think that you should point out here, and you, you alluded to this fact, is that some people put sugar in their coffee, some people put milk in their coffee, and you know, they weren't able to control for those things. They weren't also able to control for dietary factors that may play a role in cardiovascular disease. So they, they try and control for different things, but you know, people, some people may put milk in their coffee, some put with sweeteners or, or sugar, whatever, so that you know, they, they they believe that you know some of these findings need to be followed up, looking at those specific things. But the general message was that it didn't really matter uh, whether it was uh, instant coffee or ground coffee. I mean, I, I certainly there's a preference to having uh, ground coffee. You don't like the noise, was your bias coming through there? But um, the well, idea. Well, not only that, but it's the bang, <laughs> bang, bang of the. I don't know what it is. It's just come on, give it a rest. That's okay. But I think the message here it doesn't matter whether it was ground or instant, the, the benefits were there. So some interesting findings um, from, from these three studies. But you don't want to put three or four spoonfuls of sugar in it. No. I think the preference, when we think about why is, why is coffee producing these benefits, it's not because, it's going to be because of the, the sugar and other things. We're talking about the, you know, the many different bioactive compounds within the coffee. Now, the coffee beans themselves have all these plant chemicals, and they've been associated with this, you know, reducing uh, inflammation, improving insulin sensitivity, boosting the metabolism, you know, blocking the absorption of fat in the gut, and and so on. All these different benefits from the plant chemicals that were within the coffee. So my preference, of course, is to have black coffee, and I just I, I don't think we should be thinking about adding milk or adding sugar. That's I guess it's a personal preference, but the health benefits, I think, you know, from the pure coffee is what I would like to think. Okay. So I think there's some very interesting things from the coffee itself that need to be dissected. We still don't know all of these different bioactives and their effects on the, on the body's physiology. Okay. Anything else about the heart before we move on to other aspects of health that coffee might give us? No, I think you know, from the heart aspect, the, these three studies, I just want to make sure that um, we don't just look at these studies and say, yep, I'm going to start drinking more coffee. That there was the, the authors were pretty clear that there's not evidence to start drinking a lot more coffee. But this, this idea of the two to three cups was associated with, with the benefits for heart health. Uh, and so, you know, for the, the reassuring message, I think, uh, that you know, people think, well, coffee quickens the heart rate and therefore it could be uh, unsafe and so on. But you know, I think there are the results from this particular study uh, is that it, it didn't do any harm um, and actually had benefits for heart health. So it's a very positive message. What other health benefits might there be, though, for uh, drinking maybe one, two cups of coffee a day? Historically, over, over the last 20 years on this show, we've talked about coffee in different ways. And I, I sort of had a look through all the things I'd written about uh, in years past, and it was the benefits of coffee for liver health, the benefits for coffee for uh, diabetes, the benefits of coffee for lowering uh, depression. There are a whole range of different benefits that have been reported over many years in, in, in the scientific literature. Literature. And so the benefits for these different conditions come back to understanding what these these plant chemicals within uh, within within the coffee beans are conferring for, for human health. Now the same argument could be said about the different benefits that may be from tea drinking and so on. You know, and there, there are different plant chemicals, maybe some similar, some different, uh, when we're comparing coffee and tea. So you know, over the, the last, I think the last 20 years, it's very clear that coffee drinking and tea drinking um, 
can confer some benefits, but we need to be sensible about it. You know, when we start, it's no excuse to start drinking excessive amounts because really we, we know that um, having excessive amounts of caffeine and can, can actually cause um, harmful effects as well. So we need to, to mitigate those by being sensible. And I think the, this particular study, two to three cups, is a, is a pretty nice sweet spot. Do you think that our doctors, our GPs are going to be across this sort of information so that when you go to see them about this sort of thing and you talk to them, they're going to know uh, what advice to give you? Oh, I think most GPs, uh, you know, there's continuing medical education and so on, and, and all, you know, that is part of, the, of these latest findings from these. These are society um, meetings. The, this is the American College of Cardiology, one of the you know most respected cardiology uh, societies in the world, and you know, you, you know that there is a, a you know the, the quality of the research being done. Remember, the, you know, these are from the the UK Biobank, many different authors across the world contributing to this work. Half a million you know, people in the study followed for a 10-year period. It's a pretty powerful way to, to, con, you know, to convey health information based upon a quality data set. But, of course, we're always interrogating these things and from the scientific aspect, we're, we're interested in well, what are these plant chemicals that are, that are conferring these benefits and where is that sweet spot where, where it may be beneficial and if we tip it over, does it make sure you know, that we don't, we, we don't overdo it as well? Okay. People's reaction and response to coffee is interesting, different people's, because some people cannot have a cup after, say, midday, otherwise they'll be awake all night. Other people can drink it with seeming impunity, why is that? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, our, our advice, because we, we often talk on this show about sleep and sleep quality, and it's pretty clear that we, we, for most people, the drinking coffee after 4 or 5 p.m. may, may upset them for the, for the rest of the evening and, and interfere with their ability to sleep, or they go to sleep quickly and they wake up in the middle of the night staring at the ceiling. So the advice that we've, we've had from, from many different studies that have been done is to limit the caffeine intake during the evening. Yes, there will be always some people that say, I can have an espresso before I go to bed and it doesn't affect me. I think they'll be in the minority. I think for most people, you know, adding a stimulant before they go to bed is not going to be something that's going to be conducive to sleeping. So the caffeine intake, if we're thinking it from a health perspective, we, I think the overall reduction is a good thing. We think two to three is not a bad thing from what I was drinking when I was younger, but limiting that intake after a particular period. Don't have it in the, in the, uh, in the late afternoon if you want to have a good night's sleep uh, that, that night. Gordon, thank you very much for that. Talk to you next week. Thanks a lot, Rod. Gordon Lynch, Health and Fitness. Overnights with Rod Quinn on ABC Radio.